You know, nothing would make my day more than, because you know, there's probably some K-State students lined up outside the east side of Bramlage right now. Yeah. I would imagine the show is playing outside right now. Mm-hmm. If they heard Sandstorm, they start chanting KSU. Yeah. Tell you what, that'd give me all the energy I need for Woo! this hour number two. Gets me fired up. Mitch Fortner and AJ Shaw, who's from Chicago. I was born right across the street from the bill. Okay. Who was your team growing up? Like My, my college team? Like, was it Northwestern? Hell or? no. <laughs> I went to a few games, though, but I, I, I was never a Northwestern fan. Uh, primarily, it was Indiana basketball. Oh, my, no. You're not one of those that, like... Well, I wasn't diehard. Okay. But I was Indiana basketball because my dad went to law school there, and my cousin went to college there. Okay. Football was probably... And it pains me to say this, but University of Illinois, because my mom went okay. there. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, you got some ties. Uh-huh. Now, I'm sure Illinois wasn't ever, like, wasn't typically that good. Other uh, than no. the last couple of years, they've been pretty decent. No. They were they were almost never good in football. Basketball, though, they had some good teams. 2005, right. obviously, yeah. with Darren Williams and Luther Head and D. Brown going to the championship. How do you feel about Brad Underwood? I like him. I think Brad Underwood's all right. McPherson guy went to K State. Yes, sir, he did. Was here with Frank Martin. Shout out to Bruce Weber. He also coached Illinois. Uh, that's true. One more. Uh, so did uh, I don't. I'm not going to even mention it. It's KU week. Um, mentioned in the first hour, a sister station, Sunday 102.5, is already playing Christmas music. I like to take it one holiday at a time. I'm not cool with Christmas music until. Black Friday is when you can kick that off. Everybody starts to do all their shopping. I was uh, surfing through the channels, and there were at least five channels that had a Christmas movie on. The thing is, here's here's my... I'm okay with Christmas movies year-round. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with the music, you're just shoving it down everybody's throats. I, I agree with that sentiment. And as I said in the first hour, I find that unconstitutional to not have... I mean, to have Christmas music playing before the day after Thanksgiving. Now, I will say, I'm okay with one Christmas song really at any time, just because it just it, it just kind of slaps, and that's Carol of the Bells. Dun, 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 oh, yes, dun, yes, 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 like, yes, yes. You know yes. what? That just, that just hits right. It hits right. I get, I get fired up listening to that. All right, coming up here, uh, roughly, uh, let's see, what time is it? Okay, so roughly 525, we'll... Uh, Get the latest Big 12 championships and eras for K-State football. As crazy as it sounds, with K-State being tied with the other teams, uh, you know, one of them beat you, that K-State is actually kind of in a really good spot right now. Just a lot of things have to go right. But if you're telling me there's a chance, I'm here to tell you there's definitely a chance that K-State can make it to Arlington. I'll give you a hint. Uh, Went out. First of all, K-State went out. Uh, is a part of that scenario. All right. K-State Hoops tonight. Bramlage Coliseum tipping off at 7-1 against the Jack Rabbits of South Dakota State. Brad Newitt, their color analyst on the radio call, will be joining us at the end of the show. But right now it's time to make a prediction. <laughs> Here's Mitch Ball with tonight's prediction. Okay, so I, I was shocked to see this. That, okay, so K-State, South Dakota State have met three previous times. 
Summit League team. They're not crazy far away. Brookings, South Dakota is what? I think it's about a six-hour drive from here. The last time they played was 1963. It has been 60 years. You've got to be kidding. Since these two teams have played, K-State has won all three meetings. The last one was in Manhattan, 87-59, to December 3rd, 1963. It has been a minute. I was shocked to see that. I was like, how is that possible? Just a few weeks after JFK was assassinated. I apologize. You're, you're for, right. Yeah, just I apologize for that <laughs> I, dark note. You know, I didn't even think about that, yeah. but you're absolutely right. Like uh, 10 days. Let's talk about South Dakota State. So the Jackrabbits, they're another veteran team. They were picked the preseason favorites to win the Summit League. Returning seven lettermen, three starters, and a team that won 19 games last year. They were second in the conference. They got bounced in the second round of their, um, <clears throat> excuse me, their conference tournament and I got the feeling and I'm going to have to ask Brad this question when we talk to him at the end of the show because South Dakota State has actually been a very successful team over the last let's say 12-13 years because in those last 12-13 years they've made the NCAA tournament six times they've won the regular season title eight times they're kind of rolling right now in the Summit League Right now, South Dakota State is 1-1 one one on the year. Their loss was to Akron, 81-75. Akron is legit. They are the team to, that were picked to win the MAC. Their win is over Dakota Wesleyan. It's nothing impressive. They won 83-55. I doubt Dakota Wesleyan is anything good. So this is a true road tough matchup for South Dakota State that they may not see a whole lot of times this season. They returned three players that are all Summit League preseason honors, including Player of the Year. Zeke Mayo, who Wyatt brought up, he is from Lawrence, Kansas. He was a Lawrence Lion. And through two games so far this year, 28 points a game. He scored 28 in each game. So far this year, he's rebounding a ton. And he's a, he's a three-point shooter, 37% on the year. And he's been better than that in his career. Talk about the two forwards as well that bother me a little bit. Number 42, by the way, Mayo's number two. Number 42 is William Kyle, and number 13 is Luke Apple. So Kyle, through two games, is 16.5 points, 8 rebounds per game. Luke Apple is 12 points, 5.5 rebounds per game. All their numbers are better than last year so far. Now, I will say, where they've kind of slipped last year, and we're kind of seeing, they're not bad. They're, they're certainly a not bad team shooting the basketball, but previous to last year, this was an elite shooting team. The two years prior to last year, they were a top two team in shooting the three. This is an Eric Henderson MO teams that shoot the ball well. Simple as that. They can shoot it well, but the numbers slipped a little bit last year where previously they were a 41% three-point shooting team, top two in the country two straight years. Last year, they were 35.1%. Their shooting numbers from two did drop a little bit. But South Dakota State, I think, has been a little bit better defensively as well. They can be a lockdown team on the glass. They don't commit um, a ton of fouls. And offensively, they do a good job of getting to the foul line. They were a top 10 team in free throw rate allowed last year as a defensive team. And they'll get there as an offensive team. I have a big key for K-State. Well, actually, let me get to that key in just a moment. we got to get to another big key about this South Dakota State team 
and it is a Mitch Palm staple. When it is a non-conference game, we got to take a look at South Dakota State famous alumni. It's not the most exciting list of people, but I found three that could definitely uh, make a pivot in this game. First alumni for South Dakota State, Adam Vinatieri. I thought that may have been the more predictable one if you follow the NFL over the last hundred years. You've probably heard of Adam Vinatieri, who graduated from South Dakota State in 96. NFL kicker, four-time Super Bowl champion. He kicked the game-winning field goal into Super Bowls. And he's considered one of the greatest place kickers of all time. He is the NFL's all-time leading scorer. 2,673 points. He also holds the record for most field goals made. He was one short of 600. And postseason points. And and overtime field goals made. He had 12 game winners in overtime. To me, that's a really solid start for South Dakota State. Mitch Palm really taking that into consideration. Our next famous alumni is Paul Ellering. Nobody's going to know this guy, maybe but me. Um, But he was a pro wrestling manager for a long time. As a matter of fact, he still is. He started in the 80s. And he's still doing it to this day. Now, you may recognize if you followed wrestling at all back in the 80s or maybe in the 90s, you may recognize the team that he was a manager for, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. Animal was a, a great linebacker at Ohio State. But he's also a a Hall of Famer. Now, our final famous alumni. We're going way back. Way back. Our last famous alumni for South Dakota State is Gene Amdahl. Nobody knows how that is, so I'm going to tell you. He is a computer architect. He passed away. He was a computer architect. He is responsible for the computers in the 50s made by IBM that took up a whole room. Go look up pictures. They were old computers. They were gigantic. You needed a 20 by 20 room to fit this whole thing in there. But it's also kind of a big launch for computers to where we are today. So we maybe not have the computers we have today without Gene Amdahl. So not not a bad list. Not a bad list for South Dakota State. So as teams, this is my my biggest key in this game. I just wanted to add something really quick. Is that all right? You're cutting me off. Sorry. Right before I was get, uh, I was about to get to my big nugget. I'll, I'll get, you, I'll let you get to your big nugget. I apologize. <laughs> it's not like a big nugget or anything. I just need K State to play some good defense. We have not seen good defense in second halves this year. South Dakota State is averaging forty points in the paint so far. That worries me because K-State gave up 40 in the paint to USC. They gave up – or 50 to USC. They gave up 40 in the paint to Bellarmine. And South Dakota State's already averaging 40 a game from the paint. I need K-State to play tougher. Do not give up the easy pass inside the arc, in the paint, because through two regular season games, it has been way too easy for opponents to score in the paint. Way too easy. So, Ken Palm says 87% cats get it done, 84-71. I'm actually going to drop that number a little bit. 
I don't typically do this, but I'm going to drop the number a little bit. K-State's chance to win tonight, 80%. I respect South Dakota State. I think they could give K-State a game tonight, but I want to see a lot of improvement from K-State. Cats win it by 10. 77 to 67. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a much bigger margin of victory than that. AJ, what do you got? So you were mentioning that game in 63. Coming into that season, and this was a caller called in and actually told me this, so I appreciate him okay. telling me this. South Dakota State was the defending Division II national champions in men's basketball under Ooh. head coach Jim Iverson. And they won. Shout out to Jim. Yeah, shout out to Jim Iverson. He, uh, they defeated a, a Oglethorpe. Oh, no, Wittenberg. They defeated Wittenberg in the national championship game in Evansville in 1963, Evansville, Indiana. So coming into that game, coming into that season, South Dakota State was the defending champions. Shout out to 1963 South Dakota State. Only uh, division natty. Champion, only championship ever for them. I was going to say something. I'm going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it on that. The reason that's relevant is because, as I mentioned earlier in Mitch Palm, the last time K-State and South Dakota State played, 1963. But I say Cats get it done by 10 tonight. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're back to football. We're back to the Big 12. K-State tied for first with three others in second place in the Big 12. There is a shot. There is a chance. Right now, the way the scenarios are laid out, the Cats have a track to Arlington. And I'll tell you how that can be done when we come back on Wildcat. Wildcat Insider on K-Man, Mitch Fortner and A.J. Shaw, just us two in studio. Coming up at the end of the hour, we'll hear from South Dakota State color analyst Brad Newitt, who is a 1996 graduate of K-State, making his return to the Little Apple and Bramlage Coliseum. You'll hear that at roughly uh, 550 to wrap up the show. Well, back to K-State football, back to the Big 12, and we talk Big 12 championship scenarios because things changed a little bit uh, when Oklahoma State was thumped by UCF. Did a lot of people a solid. AJ, you can turn off the music. Don't need any more. Thank you. Uh, anyway, here's your Big 12 standings. Right now, Texas is ahead of everybody, 6-1. and one. And who they have left is at Iowa State and Texas Tech. But right now, there are four teams trying to jockey for that position, trying to fight their way to Arlington at 5-2. and two. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State. That's why they needed that win so badly in Provo to stay in the hunt. And they got it done in impressive fashion. And then K-State. I'm here to tell you K-State has a shot. It actually seems like a pretty decent shot to make it to Arlington, Texas, but it's in a way you wouldn't expect. It's actually quite surprising it could play out this way. Surprising to the fact that if I was an Oklahoma State fan, I would be livid. That because of the loss to UCF, they're in this particular situation. So before I get to these, I, I, there's two scenarios I want to tell you about. There, I mean, there's multiple, there's more than that. But the, I think these are the two, first of all, that are the easiest to explain. And maybe the more likely, but you never know in the last two weeks of the regular season, what can happen. All right, so before I get to the actual scenarios, let me give you this. K-State, who they have left, is at KU and Iowa State. Iowa State is Texas and K-State. Oklahoma is BYU and TCU. 
and Oklahoma State is at Houston and BYU. All right, so scenario number one, let's just say everybody wins out. Now, the only one of the five I mentioned that couldn't win out in K-State's best-case scenario is Iowa State. So let's take Iowa State out of the equation. Let's say Texas wins their last two games and goes to 8-1. K-State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, they win their last two games, and they get to 7-2. and two. So that leaves us with Texas at 8-1, and one, and then a three-way tie for second between K-State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Well, here's the deal. Oklahoma State beat... K-State and Oklahoma. So you would automatically think that Oklahoma State's in the Big 12 championship game, right? Wrong. They would not be going to the Big 12 championship. And here's why. In a three-way tie, tiebreaker number one is head-to-head. But the thing is, K-State did not play Oklahoma. They will not play Oklahoma in the regular season. So that automatically eliminates... The tiebreaker being decided by the head-to-head games between K-State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. First of all, are you staying with me so far? Is everybody... I'm here. Is this making sense so far? I'm trying to make this as clear as possible. So K-State didn't play Oklahoma. So the round-robin head-to-head games would not matter matter for for, uh, tiebreaker number one. So then we go to tiebreaker number two. And that is record against the next highest placed common opponent. So then you have to find the teams that all K-State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State have played. There are three. KU, Iowa State, and UCF. So here's the deal. Everybody beat UCF, but they're not going to be the highest ranked of those three. Let's assume that it's Iowa State. Well, K-State will play them for senior day, so you need to win that game. Oklahoma beat them. Oklahoma State did not. Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State in their first Big 12 game this year. All right, so what if it's KU? Well, K-State's got to beat KU this Saturday. Oklahoma State beat KU. Oklahoma did not. So K-State wins out. Everybody wins out. K-State would win the tiebreaker. If everybody wins out, K-State is going to Arlington to play Texas. I know, it's so strange that because Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma and K-State, they should be the ones going. But they wouldn't be. It would be K-State in that scenario. Okay, here's the other tiebreaker possibility. Man, Sooner fans, how does that loss to KU feel right now? Oklahoma State, how's that loss to to UCF feel? And I, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke earlier. I said all three beat UCF. Well, Oklahoma State did not, but that UCF would not most likely come into play. It would most likely not happen. As a matter of fact, it wouldn't happen. It would not happen that way. The other tiebreaker is what if Iowa State beat Texas? Everybody else wins their games. K-State still beats Iowa State. But Iowa State beats Texas. So then you would have a four-way tie for the two spots. What in the heck would happen in this scenario? It would be wild. 
But K-State could find themselves in the four-way tie with Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. In that scenario, believe it or not, it would be K-State and Oklahoma making it to the Big 12 championship because, again, it comes down to most common, the common opponent and who is most successful against the common opponent. Well, the common opponent would be Iowa State. Oklahoma and K-State, they went out. They both beat them. But Texas and Oklahoma State did not. So once again, with a whole bunch of winning taking place, that's K-State's best shot right now to getting to Arlington. Just need everybody at the top of the leaderboard to win. Just win. And K-State is on their way to the Big 12 championship game for the second straight year. It doesn't seem like that was a possibility. Everybody winning and K-State would be in. But the way the Big 12 has laid out the tiebreakers for the new Big 12, maybe things change later down the road, I'm not sure. But the way they're laid out right now, if teams win and just take care of business, the Cats are going to Arlington. The Really, the teams asking for the most chaos are Oklahoma State, are Oklahoma, Iowa State. They need some help. As a matter of fact, and it's weird to say, but it's kind of like they need more help than K-State does. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a decent chance. But things got to play out your way. You, first of all, yeah. I mean, and like I said in the first hour, number one on your list on getting to the Big 12 championship is winning your games. Climate said it. I mean, it's true. K-State just has to win their games. They can only control what they can control. Go to KU and beat the Jayhawks. Come back home where you've dominated all season long and play against the opponent that might be actually the toughest on your home schedule. In Iowa State. I would say actually they are. Toughest opponent, senior day, an emotional day, which by the way is on a six-day selection. We don't know the kickoff time. We don't know what channel it's going to be on, but we'll find out on Saturday night. So there you go. There's your scenarios the way they are right now. If everybody wins this next week, they're the exact same. Exact same heading into the last week of the regular season. It's so wild that K-State just needs teams to win, and they're golden. Once somebody loses, then you're probably needing some more losses. But again, it just depends. It just depends. K-State does not want to find themselves in a tie alone with Oklahoma State because if that's the case – It's Oklahoma State because they have the tiebreaker. They won the game in the regular season. But more locked up in a tie with K-State, it benefits K-State. So there you have it. There's your current Big 12 championship game scenarios for the Wildcats. When we come back, Big 12, Week 12, we look at the slate next at Insider. Well, I hope that made sense to everybody. It, the, the whole tiebreaker stuff and all the scenarios, it can get really confusing. And if you know if you had a hard time keeping up with that, I don't blame you because it seems like a lot of information is coming at you. But it's actually a lot more clear now after last week's uh, results of K-State's chances because, again, because of the, of, the, of, the, uh, of the tiebreaker stuff, not to go over it all again, but because of the current tiebreakers, you know, if everybody at the top of the leaderboard wins out, Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and K State went out, 
that K State's going to the going to Arlington, going to the Big Twelve Championship game. If Texas loses and Oklahoma K State and Oklahoma State still went out, it's Oklahoma against uh, K State in the Big Twelve Championship game. It's funny how that all works out, but at the end of the day, you know we all kind of like. Oh, we couldn't get Oklahoma at home one more time. Not playing against Oklahoma is bailing K-State out right now. Uh, You never know if K-State wins the game or not, but right now it's bailing them out for not playing that game. All right, let's take a look at the Big 12 uh, schedule for this upcoming Saturday. Of course, you have the 121st edition of the Dillon Sunflower Showdown at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium, a.k.a. the Booth. Uh, K-State and KU meeting for the 121st time. Right now, the line on that game is eight and a half points in favor of K-State. And that is a six o'clock kickoff televised on FS1. Power Keg Game Day here on Cayman. Also on a sister station, uh, 101.5 K-Rock, uh, beginning at two o'clock. Interesting game for Oklahoma at BYU. No, you know, BYU does not seem like a five-win team or five and five and, you know, a game away from being bull eligible. A two and five in the Big 12. I mean, they've, they've been getting their butt kicked a little bit in the conference, especially against the better teams. Um, do I give Oklahoma or do I give BYU a shot against Oklahoma? No, I don't. Um, it could be a lot worse than what it was against Iowa State. Oklahoma will be a 24 and a half point favorite. No Keaton Slovis, I believe, for BYU. So Oklahoma is going to roll in Provo. And how about this? It's a game in Provo and it kicks off at 11 a.m. Central. So that's going to be a 10 a.m. kickoff wow. in Provo. That is going to be an early one, so get your coffee in you early. Cincinnati at West Virginia, one thirty on ESPN+. Plus. Mountaineers are going to roll. Boy, this is not an exciting game this year, unfortunately. Baylor against TCU at 2.30 on uh, ESPN+. Plus. TCU a 14-point favorite. Uh, you know what? Actually, I would pick Baylor to cover. My, plus 14, I'm, I would take Baylor to cover. Um, especially after you know TCU lost by three. Um Real heart-wrenching loss after they almost made the whole comeback. Number 15, Oklahoma State at Houston. You know, this time around, maybe Oklahoma will be awake, ready to play, whatever the weather is, and go win at Houston. Oklahoma State favored by just seven. Again, the short line for Oklahoma State against a Big 12 newcomer on the road. Man, Vegas not believing in the in the pokes really right now. Uh, Texas Tech will host UCF at four on FS2. Boy, what's uglier, playing on FS2 or ESPN+. Plus? Ooh, that's I a would tough say, question. I would say FS2. I mean, you got to really stink to be on FS2. And then the last game is the, you know, I would say it's the second game of the week other than KCKU. Number seven, Texas against Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State could pull off this upset. I would put them on upset alert as Texas. Texas favored by eight and a half. All right, let's take our final break of the show. And when we come back, we'll be joined by South Dakota State color analyst Brad Newitt on Wildcat Insider. We are back on Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner and A.J. Shaw on our board today as K-State basketball coming up at 6 o'clock for pregame coverage. Tip off at officially 7-1 from Bramlage Coliseum. Game number two on the home schedule will welcome back South Dakota State for the first time since the 60s. Now pleased to be joined by former K-State student. Now he's the color analyst for South Dakota State basketball radio in Brad Newitt. Brad, first of all, welcome back to Manhattan. How's it feel to be back in the Little Apple? Oh, it's good. Um, uh, my family and I, we, we try to get back when we can to catch basketball, football games. But uh, being a student here, that was almost 30 years ago now for me. Well, I was going to ask, you told me in an, in an email that you were a, uh, a student back in the 
early to mid nineties. I the first thing I thought of when it comes to basketball in that time frame was Ski Jones. Were you at that game when he scored sixty two against Fresno State? I was actually I was a student basketball manager during my time here, and so that game happened over spring break, and uh, you know it was uh, in the NIT tournament, and there were very few people in the stands that night, probably way more that claimed that were there than probably actually were, but uh, I did get to witness that with my own two eyes. It was a special night. So, were you a student manager for all four years? Yes, I was. Actually, my first two years, uh, Dana Altman, head coach, and then uh, Tom Asbury came in for my junior and senior years. And, you know, there were there was a lot of rough years of, of K-State basketball over here in that church, but actually that four-year stretch I was here, we went to two NCAA tournaments and then that NIT Final Four. So we, we had a pretty good run when I was here. I feel very fortunate about that. Okay, so how did you end up getting uh, or making it to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where you live, and, and to working for South Dakota State? Uh, that's a great question. So I really wanted to coach college basketball when I got done uh, at K-State, and I got a grad assistant job in Vermilion, South Dakota, at the University of South Dakota. And uh, I ended up coaching college basketball for about 12 years in South Dakota and moved to Sioux Falls and got out of it about 10 years ago and, and really got into broadcasting. I found a niche there that I really love, and, and so I get to do uh, TV for the Summit League and do some radio and stuff for South Dakota State now. And how long have you been with South Dakota State? Uh, this will be about my 10th year doing some games for them. Nice. I usually don't travel with them, but when I heard they were playing in Manhattan, I said, i, I got to go on that road trip. So here I am today. Well, I'm sure the environment will be a little bit different for this one than what you're used to back as a student manager in the uh, early to mid-90s. But let, let's start talking about the Jackrabbits who are one and one on the year. And, you know, it's been actually some pretty solid history for South Dakota State over the last – 11, 12 years or so. Now you're under fifth-year head coach Eric Henderson. What is typically the M.O. of a South Dakota State team that's led by Coach Henderson? Well, they're a team that really puts a lot of emphasis on their offense. And the Summit League in general is a conference that really has good shooters. And this is what you're going to see from South Dakota State tonight as well. This is a team that will put some guys on the floor that can really shoot the three-point shot and, and likes to play a little more up-tempo. Um, try to win their games more often with their offense and their defense. So it's a pretty exciting brand of basketball. And, you know, in particular, South Dakota State's just had a really great run. They've been one of the, the premier teams in the Summer League and I think made it the NCAA tournament five times. And they're one of those teams when you see the selection show come out, they're usually in that 12, 13 line. And it's just one of those teams that, you know, you just don't want to have to play in that first round. That's who K State's playing here tonight. Yeah, six appearances in the tourney in the last uh, decade plus for South Dakota State. Now, for this year's team, uh, what I was reading is there's three returning starters back who all have preseason All Summit League honors heading into the year. The top guy just so happens, you know, Case AKU playing Saturday. Well, South Dakota State's top player is from Lawrence. Uh, he was a Lawrence Lion and Zeke Mayo. And through two games, he has scored 28 points in each game. What stands out to you about him that makes his game so impressive? Well, Zeke wasn't really heavily recruited out of high school by any Power 5 schools, but uh, he's a, a kid that's got great range, can shoot it deep. Um, you're talking about a player that shoots around 40% from the three-point line. Last year had 41 in a game, and I think had four games where he was 30-plus. So he can he can really score. And, and to be honest, I think a lot of people in the Summer League were surprised that he did come back to South Dakota State. I mean, this is in this day and age of the transfer portal. He's one of those guys that you could easily see enter that and 
probably be playing at the Power Five level, but he chose to come back to South Dakota State, I think a lot because of his relationship with Coach Henderson, but also knowing that you know he's the guy on this team and he's going to have a lot of opportunities to, to get shots and to be a leader. Now, one thing with K-State's, I've called it a so-so start for K-State, who's also 1-1, one one, lost to USC, and then a Bellarmine win back on Friday. I wasn't able to watch that game. I was broadcasting some Manhattan High football, but looking back at the numbers, so far through two games, I haven't liked what K-State has done defensively inside the yard. They're giving up a lot of paint points. So the next question would be about how good do you think is South Dakota State right now with the Fords, with the Bigs, performing on both ends of the floor? Well, that might be one strength that South Dakota State now has this year. You mentioned three players on their team being all Summit League preseason. Well, we mentioned Zeke Mayo. He's a terrific guard. But the other two that are on that team are, are both inside-type players. Luke Apple, a kid that missed all of last year, um, is a sixth-year guy that's got a ton of experience and a really good score. And then uh, a kid that's a sophomore – that had a great freshman year, William Kyle the third, super athletic kid out of Omaha. That you know, when you watch him play, you'll see he he's really good around the rim. He'll he'll fit in in a style of game like this. You know, athletic wise, he won't be intimidated by what Kansas State's going to throw at him. Well, to you, what are some big keys? Like if if South Dakota State, and I could definitely see this game going this kind of way, where if South Dakota State is legit like a NCAA tournament type of team, getting like the automatic bid, representing the Summit League, that this could be a very competitive game. We've mentioned a number of things that South Dakota State can do well, but if South Dakota State makes a game out of this and it's a real competitive thing, what would South Dakota State be doing well? I think couple keys for South Dakota State is they've got to hang on the glass. You look at what I think K-State has done this year. Yeah, they've struggled scoring it and shooting it, but K-State's been rebounding really well, and uh, that's something that's going to be a huge challenge for the Jackrabbits, I think, tonight. So, you know, competing on the glass and then not turning it over. I think if, if South Dakota State can take care of the ball and, and um, control that part of it, and, you know, it's like anything. They're, South Dakota State's going to need to make shots, but this is a, a team and a program that has gone and done that. And you know, this is a program that, too, is, is used to playing in games like this. You know, last year they played at Alabama and at Arkansas, a couple of really good programs. So they're used to playing in these environments at this time of year. So it'll be a, it's going to be a tussle. This is a game that K-State needs to to be ready for and not take these guys lightly. I don't know about the season ticket holders, but I'd imagine the students are certainly going to show up and, and make some noise early. What is typically the hardest environment to go play in in the Summit League? Well, if you can remove South Dakota State from the equation, they are by far the toughest environment. Okay. Uh, they have a great home court. If you look at win percentage uh, in Division One over the last 12 years, South Dakota State is third there, trailing only Gonzaga and KU. Um, so they have a great home court. But outside of South Dakota State, it's definitely Oral Roberts. Uh, there's another really good program out of Tulsa. That was the team that represented the Summit League in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, and uh, so those are the two kind of premier squads that go at each other a lot, and they both have great home court advantages. Is the goal and the mentality of like South Dakota State fans with how good the program has been over the last decade plus that if you don't make the NCAA tournament, it's not considered a successful season? Are you at that level? There is a lot of that. You are exactly correct. There's been a few years under Coach Henderson where they were the number one seed coming into that Summit League Conference tournament and didn't win it. And, uh, yeah, definitely left a sour taste in the mouth. You know, that's the thing with, with a conference like the Summit League. You can have a great regular season, 
But honestly, it comes down to three days in March. If you're going to play in the NCAA tournament, you've got to win those conference tournament games. And uh, do, getting a chance to do the conference tournament at that level, it's a lot of fun. It's nothing like what the Big 12 conference tournament's like. I mean, that has plenty of hype, and people enjoy that. But the pressure and the intensity of a mid-major conference tournament where you know it's a one-bid league is, I think, one of the most exciting sporting events uh, out there. Well, Brad, I mean, I mean, this is a game that can certainly go in a lot of different directions. I'll let you know when you get to the game, you'll be on the uh, south end of Bramlage. My spot's just a few seats down, so I'm going to definitely say hi before the the uh, broadcasting game gets underway. And welcome back to Manhattan, and I'm looking forward to this contest. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mitch. Look forward to meeting you, too. Once again, that is color analyst for South Dakota State, Brad Newitt, here on Wildcat Insider. And that's going to wrap up the show. we got pregame coverage of K-State basketball against South Dakota State. Coming up next with Wyatt Thompson on the call. For Wyatt, for AJ, I'm Mitch. Thank you for listening to Wildcat Insider. Go Cats!